Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. Are these your notes? These are your notes about what we're going to say. What does it say? it would be a good... (laughs) I didn't even get to idea. Maybe I can just ask you the question. (laughs) It's going well. It's going really well. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Jamie. And today we're joined by actor and author Susanna Wise. Welcome to the show, Susanna. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Hi, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Um, So let's first of all talk about this fragile earth. Um, The snippets I've seen online sound absolutely great. Um, What are we and the listeners in for with this book? What, what's it all yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so it's a, it's a dystopian, uh, very grounded, very grounded science fiction uh, survival story um, mm. about a mother and her six-year-old son, uh, predominantly, who um, find themselves caught up in a sort of um, apocalyptic situation in London. It's, it's in, set in the near future, so probably about 30 years um, in the future. And uh, basically the utilities and water and uh, communications start to go down one by one no one quite knows why mm-hmm. um and it follows uh, their journey really um from london to the midlands i, I can't say too much <laughs> I'm not away, but um, <laughs> um basically um the protagonist called signy she takes her son on a bicycle um up to the midlands to try and find her mother who lives in a very very uh tiny little hamlet in the middle of nowhere in Northamptonshire and um when they get there um well that things things are not as they expect shall I say um things get crazy well yeah yeah, all but (laughs) can't say I'm not being very helpful am I yeah yeah yeah, no um (laughs) just read the book and you'll find out um but yes it's not it's not as they anticipate and um things start to get slightly more um kind of like uh surreal perhaps is the right word um right once they're there yeah so it's quite speculative in, in it terms is of speculative exactly genre. so and it has some quite strong themes of um sort of uh, eco uh, when i say eco it sounds like it will be throwing actually weirdly i do wear patchouli perfume but that is not, I'm just gonna say, <laughs> uh, quite weird now to myself but um but um i'm not like throwing around diabolos or anything on the beach yeah. um, it's it, it but it does have like elements of um i don't know if you're familiar with the work of james lovelock like sort of Gaia, the idea of earth as a kind of um living yeah. breathing entity and mm. um those okay. sorts of themes yeah 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 so so set when the whole world is run by computers and then suddenly the computers break. Exactly that kind yeah. of thing. Exactly well, so. that's very close to reality. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not, not as close far. as I fear it might be. Yeah. And Alexa yeah. takes over. Yes, quite, exactly. So what was the inspiration uh, behind this idea, behind this, this big story? Well, I've always been really interested by artificial uh, artificial intelligence, the idea of artificial intelligence. And um, mm. I'm not a scientist, so, you know, I've got a lot of um, 
very actory style <laughs> <of> amateur <laughs> ideas about artificial intelligence and what it means and how it works um mm-hmm. but i do have like a, an amateur's interest in it so um you know i read books about artificial intelligence and i've i've been on new scientists sort of masterclass days where you spend eight hours listening oh, cool. to experts and stuff it's really fascinating mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. elements of 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 the growth of artificial intelligence and quantum computers and um so w- what happened was my my father in 2015 was um diagnosed with, with terminal cancer i mean he was quite old he wasn't young he was old but he was very um Oh, my cat's just turned off. She's trying to jump on the computer. Um, <laughs> Hi, sorry. Cat. Uh, yeah. Um, he, 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 um, he was very astute and still had all his faculties. So although he was old, he was not a, he didn't feel old in, in my head. Um, and the mm. night that we heard, basically, the oncologist was sort of said, right, well, there's nothing more we can do for you. Um, I came home and I, I lay in bed and I, um, I've always had quite a strong, um, catastrophic fantasy world in my head so um i i think it was my way of dealing with the news of his terminal cancer was to come up with what was the worst possible thing that could happen to me in my Mm. life um and and i just came up with this whole plot uh, within about 30 minutes um you know not only would everything get cut off and I can't say too much but without giving the plot away but (laughs) then this happens and this happens and um and then computers um and so um that I came up with that idea and the next day it was like I was doing a play at the time at the Young Vic Theatre in London and uh it was sort of itching this idea in my head it was almost like scratching at my head and um and I started to write it or at least the beginning of it and I thought, well, I'll only write 10,000 words and then I'll stop. And and um, I just couldn't stop writing it. And there was a sort of hiatus in the middle where um, we uh, nursed my dad through till the end of his life. And, um, and then after he died, about a month after he died in August, uh, in September, I just started writing again. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote. I, I basically haven't stopped writing since. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, so that's where the idea came from. And my dad was very... Um, the book is dedicated to him, actually, but um, my dad was very into astronomy and the idea that we are not uh, human beings are not the most important things in the universe and that the yeah. universe has its own, you know, music and rhythm. And um, there's a, the protagonist in the novel is a, a musician and I, I also play and compose music, but my dad was also uh, loved music. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so um, I think all of these things just kind of like if you think about a trunk of a tree, they're like branches that came off. So all of the added elements in the novel um, kind of grew out of that, really. Yeah. That sounds like a really nice homage. Yeah, definitely. Do you think it was kind of like cathartic in a way, considering like the circumstances of how you came about the origin of the idea and the inspiration to get the words down on the page? Did it just feel like a little bit of a a release? Yes, I think so. Um, and also, I think there was an element, I think you're right to say that, but I think also there was an element of, I've always loved writing, um, and I've mm. always written since I was young, and I, I was always good at writing, you know, like, I, when I say good, I mean, it's always subjective, isn't it? But yeah. I, I got good marks at school, no, but I mean, um, I, I've always yeah, written, exactly. and, and I have always written as a sort of um, cathartic uh, exercise, you're right, um, mm. but... Um, I think I've also always 
wanted to write more. Um, and you know what it's like having been an actor. It's like very mm. difficult to, as soon as you start on a project, writing something, you get interrupted because suddenly you're doing a theatre show or you're doing a TV yeah. show. And then you sort of down tools and then um, you kind of lose the momentum. Or I'd write scripts, for example. Um, and mm. it's so hard getting scripts away um, with production companies. So um, I was sort of run out of steam. But anyway, I think when my dad was dying, I thought, what am I doing? Not with my life exactly, but <laughs> sort of with my life. What am I doing <laughs> in my life? Why, why am I not doing the thing that I want to do? Yeah. Um, and so there was that element as well. And I, what happened was I sat down and I didn't know if I'd, A, have the patience, B, enjoy it, any of these things. And I found that I absolutely loved it. And it's weird because I'm really quite an extrovert. I mean, I'm quite shy, but I'm also, I love people and I love being around people and the social mm. aspect of, of acting. And writing is such a solitary um, is, profession, yeah. so solitary. Yeah. But I loved the sort of permission to to go to for the interiority you know I love that yeah um yeah. because and I know this sounds really naff but <laughs> um but spending time with my character I didn't feel lonely because I was in my world with my characters yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I felt so full up inside and this sort of little hollow little voice inside or part of me that had always felt like with acting maybe not with acting but just in my life I'd always felt so very slightly kind of like I must have lost a twin at birth or something. Mm. I suddenly felt really full up and and nourished and and whole inside. Mm. And um that was a revelation that really was and it was something that took me completely by surprise. It was not what I had anticipated at all. I think that's wonderful. I think with acting as well, I mean correct me if I'm wrong, but I think mm. you're always sort of um using somebody else's words and performing someone else's words and with yes this, you're creating your own and you're creating your own story which is you know a completely different facet of creation like and, and from acting as well it's um yeah it's great it must have been a really nice experience that's exactly exactly what it was it was being able to have agency and I'm going to say the word control but that's not quite the right <laughs> word but I can't think yeah. of a better one um over what these characters did and said and um and it was all mine if that makes sense yeah. so I was like um and no one was saying oh well can you can you just do it like this or can you can you change that I mean they do eventually obviously because you get an editor yeah, <laughs> and exactly. an agent yeah. and all of these things until but, a point yeah, yeah but, but you point. write the first yeah. draft completely um by yourself and it's just the most wonderful meditative um, experience I absolutely loved it and I know that not I mean I've written two books and I'm I've nearly written a third now um which will come out you know the, the sequentially they're not related but um the third one I'm I'm finding harder um than I found the other two only because I think um I've now it's like juggling three plates in the air so it's yeah. hard when you're not dedicated like having three children where you're not quite paying attention to anyone <laughs> So that's yeah. like, the third child is like, yeah, yeah, just get on with it, you know. Um, so true, um, so true. And um, you know the other books that you've you've written. Did yeah. you write one before you wrote this? This book? no, no. So so okay. this was the first book I wrote. Yeah, and then I um wrote. A, I did a course at the Faber Academy, a six month novel writing course, which is, by the way, absolutely brilliant. I don't know. If, mm. uh, um, 
you know about it, but it, um, it, uh, I, I loved it. And I wrote, I'd already just started writing a second book. Um, and I applied for the course, I got on the course. And I then wrote that second book on that course. Um, and I've, you know, done lots of rewrites, obviously, since but that's how I got my agent through um, a section of that book going into the Faber Academy anthology, which she of saw. The second book. Yes. And she saw and then okay. sort of expressed an interest. And then she read my first book and said, oh, well, this one is like much more, um, what's the word, polished, I suppose I use the word, because I've been toiling over it for about four years <laughs> yeah. by that point. Um, yeah. So she said, well, let's try and launch that as your first book, um, which is exactly as it what happened. Oh, and mm. when... When you, so you were signed with um, Galantz. Yes. Uh, right. So when your agent took the books to them for submission, mm. Mm. did she present both books? No. Set, it was no, like she presented the one. first one, right. well, this this Fragile Earth, this one that we're yeah. talking about now. Um, and they said, yes, they'd like, to, they'd like a two-book deal. And okay. um, unbeknownst to them, I said, when I went in to meet them at the beginning of last year, before lockdown happened, they were talking about second books. And I said, well, I've actually already written one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I browsed and I went up and they were like, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I said, it's not, it's not 100%. It's not a science fiction book at all. Mm-hmm. But it does have elements okay. of magical realism. And um, it's actually a dark comedy. Um, they have read that and they are going to publish that as my second novel so i'm very wow. pleased about that that's yeah. exciting yeah wow, amazing. so exciting yeah and and spin your passion into a business with shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout let's hear that one more time the world's best converting checkout shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website across social media and everywhere in between now that's music to your ears any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. And any word on the third one or would you have to wait <laughs> the and see? The third one, the um, Orion Galanks have first option on, um, but they haven't okay. bought outright. So, um, I and I haven't submitted any thing to anyone with that book yet. I'm still, I, I thought when I started writing, I thought, it's a, it's a sort of horror um uh, and i thought mm-hmm. oh i'll i'll um i'll try and make it quite short i'll try and make it seventy thousand words max and uh it's already at seventy five thousand words and i am nowhere near finishing it <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be at least another thirty thousand words before i get to the ending so i'm sort of it's like me and the book are kind of like dragging ourselves through <laughs> like, come on let's go yeah yeah it's definitely that third okay. child syndrome yeah. <laughs> definitely okay. and then Rewinding a bit in the publication journey, mm. as an actor, you, you know, obviously work with agents or an agent. Mm. How did you find the process of signing with a literary agent? Was it quite similar or? Um, well, if you, I mean, the the signing aspect, um, mm. no, quite different. Okay. Um, and then there's another thing, which is the relationship between the agent your literary agent and you, which I'll talk about second. So the first yeah. thing was um, the signing. No. So when I, so I went to drama school and I did a three year yeah. acting diploma, which is and at the end of that course, as you know, agents come and watch you in, um, you know, your showings, they're called, they're like your little yeah. plays that you do. At the the end dreaded of the showings. They, exactly. And they watch you, <laughs> they watch you throughout the year in all the plays. And then you also yeah. have these sort of audition evenings. And um, 
it's awful because some people get tons of approaches from agents and some people get none. Mm. Um, and I was lucky because I had, I don't know, maybe I had two, I think. Um, and I signed with an agent. Um, so before I left drama school, um, just before in the term before I left and I was very lucky. So, so that happened very simply. I, I did the course. Um, I got an agent. So mm. that was how that worked. Um, yeah. and, uh, and then I started to work as an actor when I was yeah. trying to, um, as any writer will know, um, who is unrepresented, you, you write, you submit, um, and then you get rejected. <laughs> um, and it's really <laughs> yes, hard. Many times. To, many times. Yes. Because, because I wasn't in a, like at UEA or something, it's very mm. hard when you're sending blind to people saying, look, I am actually good, you know. So I did have some, I had lots of rejections and I did have some very, a couple of really lovely agents um, across about two years, I would say, maybe two and a half years. Um, one of whom read the book and then wanted me to do some rewrites, which I did. Then she reread. And then I think I'm, and then I think she said, I really love it, but I'm actually a YA, um, uh, you know, agent. So my yeah. boss doesn't really want me to so that was that but I'm she's in my acknowledgements so I'm very grateful to her and then I had another agent who worked extensively with me on the book um but mm. still wasn't quite biting on the dotted line of this contract and I was like right. oh god and she's lovely and she really helped me she's also thanked in the book <laughs> um <laughs> and about nine months I was kind of hanging around and I i but within that time, I thought, you know what, I've got to do an equivalent of like drama school for writers because I'm I need my equivalent of my audition evening. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's yeah. what I did. Okay. That's what I did. And of course, there are so many other benefits to doing uh, a writing course. It's not just about getting exposure. You learn so much on the yeah. way. But it did give me the um open the door so that I could walk through it um, and get an yeah. opportunity to present my work to agents you do also at the Faber Academy have a kind of audition thing at the end where you read live terrifying to oh um, a, a, a collection of <laughs> of, the, of industry people in a room um, okay. very scary um, and I had no approaches on that day and I thought oh god this is like okay that's it and then of course the anthology goes out and then I had my wonderful agent Laura write to me and say, um, would you like to come in and chat about it? So, um, you know, it's not a straightforward process, or it wasn't yeah. for me anyway. I'm sure yeah. plenty of people have, you know, lots of people biting their first. But I know more people than not that are sort of like me, where you kind of keep sending things out. People keep going, I like it, but it's just, I'm sorry, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I was very lucky, and I'm very, very happy with my literary agent, um, and the relationship with my literary agent is much more social as well as professional than my acting agents, who I also, by the way, really oh, okay. love. Um, yeah. But there's a sort of um, industry feeling to my uh, acting agent's relationship, whereas with my literary agent, we're also friends as well as... Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, it's lovely. It's yeah. really lovely. Um, and she really... Um, looks after her writers in a very kind of pastoral way as well as um, in a professional way so I can't speak highly enough of her um, yeah yeah because yeah. we've spoken to a few literary agents on here and 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 they've said that so it is a, it's a very nurturing relationship yes like yes. you're picking yeah. someone for their talent yes and then you are nurturing that you know it, that talent to grow grow something out of it exactly it's exactly right um is yeah. she quite editorial your agent 
Um, well, listen, I don't, yes, but then I don't know what other agents are like, if you see what I mean, in terms oh, yeah. of, I mean, I <laughs> do with the two that I work with, but they weren't representing me at the time. So they were just saying, yeah. look, I, I like your book, but it's not quite right for me. Type, Can you change it so I could think about representing you? Whereas this is mm. obviously Laura's actually my agent. So yes, she is editorial. Um, I, I, I can't compare her to anyone else. <laughs> yeah, sure, of course. Of course. Um, but I like that, you know. I, I'm I'm all having spent years being um, critiqued as an actor. I'm really down <laughs> with being. I'm I'm good with being critiqued as a writer. Yeah. Because yeah, the difference between being an actor and a writer is that as an actor, it is you, the product. You are yeah, the product. Definitely. So when people critic critique my acting I feel like they're critiquing me and that feels quite painful yeah when I'm being critiqued as a writer there's a there's an air gap between me and the the art yeah 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 (laughs) there's a level of sort of there's a space isn't there between it yeah definitely I can agree more yeah definitely it's interesting because we've spoken with uh we actually chatted with another actor who turned turned author actor playwright author lisa harding oh Oh, right yeah she was she was talking about when she started writing and she very naturally gravitates towards a first person present style Mm -hmm. because it's much closer to those sort of theatrical monologues Mm. how much have you found that that acting has kind of influenced your writing so well that's a brilliant question um because uh, when you were saying that Lisa Harding was saying that so my second book is first person present tense, uh. and I and I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I started having written yeah. my first book and my third book are both third person close, um, and I and I suddenly I was given all this freedom in this this uh, interior world. I could be inside somebody's head, and I was given permission to have a voice as random and quirky as you know I liked, um, yeah. and um, so. I can totally see why she favours that style. Um, uh, I think where the acting has really fed into um, my prose writing is in probably the dialogue because um, there is uh, a a natural propensity as an actor, if you've spent years looking at scripts and saying other people's words, to understand rhythm and um, mm. how natural speech patterns are, which bizarrely, because when you're at drama school, right, you do this exercise where sort of dialect and stuff you study and phonetics, and um, and you get these transcripts of people being interviewed about, you know, whatever, I don't know, the sport they like doing or whatever, and you see how weird people's speech patterns are when they're written yeah. down. They don't look anything like what you <laughs> yeah. understand of speech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so true. And so I think... Um, there's an understanding if you've been an actor of speech patterns and rhythms um, and non-linear text, I guess, mm. um, and understanding um, different voices. Yeah. Dare I say it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It makes sense. And the flow of dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Just generally, because that, that can be something that when people first approach writing, mm. you know, because you, you – you you put yourself in that situation in your headspace, but mm. you you know you're not there, and and there is there you're right there is a medium. You, you don't read a book and expect to read well unless it's quite stylized. Mm. You don't expect to read the uh, speech as it would be said in real life, or mm. and it's the same with you know when you watch a film or something. Exactly, people are impossibly eloquent. Yeah, it's it's the crystallizing of that. Yeah, and funny exactly. enough. Um, when I write my dialogue often first, it will be a bit too like real life. 
um, yeah. and I will have to cut out ellipses and and dashes and you know I means and okay wells and things like that because they're they don't serve the book and they're not interesting to read yeah. after reading them once yeah. <laughs> and we repeat ourselves a lot as well exactly we'll I say the same do. word over and over again and, <laughs> and, and when you see that written down it's like oh this looks terrible yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly it's so true I repeat yeah. myself all of the time like <laughs> <laughs> I repeat myself all of it oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and just, I, I think you've given some great um, bits of advice um, over this interview. But just mm. to take take it back um, to when you, you know, I guess first got interested in writing and started to write. Is there any sort of really um, poignant bits of advice that you would have gave yourself back then that you now know in hindsight now, but that you could mm. maybe share with our listeners um, yes. that are wanting to go into this industry and tackle it the same way you have? Yeah, I would say um, in terms of writing, the actual writing, um, don't go after, well, my advice, whatever it is, um, try not <laughs> to go after um, perfection um, straight off. Just one thing that Faber Academy actually really drilled into me, and I think it's really good because I didn't do this on my first novel, is just be okay with your first draft being, you know, pretty substandard. It's okay. Mm. Just finish a draft. And that is yeah. the most important thing because if you don't finish it, what does it mean? It's nothing. So yeah. uh, you can have a brilliant three chapters, but then where's the rest of the book? <laughs> so yeah. try not to. It's so hard. Um, and I know this, even on my third book, I still am tempted, oh, I'll just go back, you know. Um, and sometimes it's necessary because you have to go and edit, uh, plot things and change stuff. So it requires you to go back. And of course, it's a natural instinct to try and correct it oneself. But if you possibly can, just keep pushing forwards, um, really keep pushing forwards and with, with the actual draft. Um, and then in terms of the industry advice, I, 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 can't, I don't know if I've got any advice except just keep going. I mean, what, what can one say? I've been through it. Yeah. Yes, you just got to keep yeah. dogged, dogged, dogged determination. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Just keep going. Yeah, um, that would be my advice. And I would say that to anybody in any arts industry because um, it's not a meritocracy. Mm. And no. you, you can be a brilliant writer and it, and people, for whatever reason, don't want to represent or buy your book. And that's that's not because it's not good, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah and something we, we always we've talked about a few times now is that especially with when you're applying for agents hmm. is is it only takes one like, exactly you know, I only had one 100 rejections yes I, I only yeah. had one I wasn't like showered with offers and you yeah. know when my book went to um to publishers I wasn't it wasn't like it went to a seven-way auction or anything it's just like <laughs> you only need one person and one yeah. publisher you know to believe in you and that's enough that's enough so yeah, true exactly. yeah so exactly. true you got to get through all those rejections, but that's some really yes. good advice. Yes, yeah, so you have to get you. Teflon coated. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and rounding off the interview yes. oh, with our final question. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Oh no! <laughs> if you were stranded on a desert island, yeah. with one book, yeah. and you could choose that one book, which book would it be? Well, I'm going to have to say. And it's a little bit hackneyed, but I'm going to have to say, because it's my favourite book, um, The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. Oh, it's a great Because I have read it so many times, and every time I read it through the ages, because <laughs> I'm 48 now, <laughs> and I read it first when I was about 12 or 13, I think, 
and I just well, kept, really been and with I, you your whole life. yeah and I kept reading it and reading it and I and and it's it presents different layers of of sort of um maturity within mm. the book um and and I find them reflected in my own life so I just think it's such a wonderful uh, multi-textured book um and and it can be read from the age of 13 and you can enjoy it you know all the t- all through your life yeah yeah yeah, so that's the book I'd more. take with me. Yeah. That is a great option. Great option. Thank yeah. You. It's, a it's a really good book. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, so, so much for joining us um and speaking Pleasure. with us today. Um The Fragile Earth is out in June, everyone. So go and get it. Yes. <laughs> um and uh Susanna's Twitter is at Susanna Wise and Instagram is at Calamity Susanna. Um, and you didn't talk about that bit great. <laughs> exactly a very excellent pro <laughs> and um, uh, Susanna's website if you want to go and check out what she's up to and keep up to date with all of her writings is susannawise.com and to make sure that you don't miss an episode of this show you can follow us on Twitter at right and wrong UK on Instagram at right and wrong podcast or you can check out the book list on bookshop.org to find all of our guests books as well as the desert island library thank you again susanna for joining us oh, thank you so much us. thank you i really <laughs> yeah, enjoyed really it thank, oh, you. thank you we have as well thank you to everyone listening and we will see you next time pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.